Welcome to Zila Food. Zila is the German word for soul, so soul food, but Zila food. This podcast is in conjunction with Zila Magazine, an online magazine bridging faith, cultures, and culture. I'm Ali Forti, an American Southern girl who travels and loves talking to people. I'm bringing you conversations from global movers and shakers from somewhere in the world. From these conversations, hopefully you'll be inspired to move and shake too. Thanks for spending time with me today. I hope you get fed, so let's begin. I sat down with Americana singer-songwriters Sean McConnell and Garrison Starr on their European tour on their pit stop in London last week. Sean's released 13 albums and written for artists like Tim McGraw, Martina McBride, Brad Paisley, Rascal Flatts, and Christina Aguilera. And Garrison Starr is a singer-songwriter and record producer based in LA and known for her vibrant and impassioned live performances. And boy, was she very um, impassioned. So in a wholesome conversation, I mean, I could have talked to these guys for an hour about music and the creative process of songwriting. We got into some juicy topics about the differences between their American and European audiences, their inspirations, Garrison's persecution and her faith journey, and what we can expect to see from them this year in 2020, which include, which includes their duo group that they formed, the two of them, called My Sister, My Brother, hopefully touring sometime later this year. So enjoy this chat, this conversation that I had with Sean McConnell and Garrison Starr, who crossed the ponds and did a big tour in Europe, and who are just really fun to talk to. Uh, how's the tour going? It's going great. You've been in Ireland and... Yeah, Ireland, Scotland, we were in Bristol, we were in... Where else were we in? Yeah, I mean... I'd have to look at the calendar, to be honest. It's planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't remember. Yeah. Glasgow? Yeah. That's Scotland. It sure is. <laughs> All I know is I get the Belfast. currency confused. Yeah. Belfast. Belfast. Yeah, yeah. I get the currency confused. I've tried to pay in euros and pounds and places I'm not supposed to. Yeah. I'm terrible at it. Looking at you like you're crazy or yeah. something. Well, it just all looks the same. I'm like, yeah. I'm like I've got some dollars. Can I just use those? <laughs> Yeah, we're like ha- we're a little less than halfway through it right now. Okay. So, uh, yeah, London and you're tonight. enjoying it so much. How would you describe the difference between your U.S. audience and your Europe audience? The difference. Oh, thanks. The difference between the U.S. audience and the Europe audience. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, you know, I mean, I can think of a couple places like. Like, for instance, when we were in Austin, Texas, like, that crowd was so joyful and excited. That's one of the best crowds I've ever played for, I mean, for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. And we had similar crowd to that in Glasgow. So it's like, I don't know that it, I guess what I'm saying is it's like, just it's the group of people, you know? It's not necessarily the country. I don't know. What would you say? I think that, um... I don't know. I think automatically, even if you're new over here, mm. um, people are a little quieter, you know, just intense to hear the music. Mm. Um, yeah, the audiences here are just very, very 
intense, like in a great way. Like they know the lyrics. They're mm-hmm. they just want to hear hear the songs yeah. and hear you sing um, for the most part. So I really appreciate that. And I mean, um, there's that in the States as well, but I feel like it's more of a given over here. Mm, I see. Um, Brett Eldridge was here last week and he said he really loved the London audience because everyone shows up, I guess, yeah. as opposed to the U.S. Can you relate to that? Everyone or? shows up? Yeah. I really don't know what he would have meant by uh, that. Okay. But I guess he's glad they were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do yeah. you think that means? I don't know. Well, I feel like maybe what he's saying, maybe he's kind of saying the same thing you're saying is that maybe there's a little bit more of a, maybe there's a little bit more of a respect for mm-hmm. the genre over here where they get excited in terms, in contrast to like, you know, in the States, it's like, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's not as special or something. Because it's, like, American and it's there and it's yeah, always Yeah, maybe there. it's taken for granted or in some way. But I do I do feel that there is, like, a real appreciation for Americana music, you know, overseas. Yeah. You know, I think there's an excitement for the genre in general, but especially over here right now, which is really exciting. Yeah. You know? Can you both detail, like, in a syn- quick synopsis, your journey into folk music Americana and why this genre and not rock or some other genre? Mm, Well I'll start with the first question. My parents were folk musicians in Massachusetts Mm. Um, so I was kind of born into the singer-songwriter thing you know either listening to my parents or the music they were playing um, was you know James Taylor and Harry Chapin and Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and so that's the music I was raised on and you know you kind of copy your heroes to figure out who you are so I think that's how I fell into that um but also I don't know I mean classifying it too as Americana versus rock like if you were to see my full band show you might not be able to put it into one of those boxes like Mm. I don't do well with um genres just because it just depends on the record depends on the song it depends Mm. on the show um I feel like there's a lot of a lot of a lot of it in there, you know, different genres represented for me, at least. Well, and I think that could be unique to being a songwriter, an artist who's also primarily a songwriter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, because I I don't hear many people say what you just said, and that's mm-hmm. exactly how I feel about my music. Like, I feel like if I look at my career, it's been really hard for anybody to put me in a box. Probably just the way that the music industry works, probably to my detriment. Mm. Because I've always made records I've wanted to make and have always said what I wanted to say, regardless of what the popular sound of the moment is. I've never thought about it that way. To me, it's always been about the song first and what does the song require, what does the song need to be Mm. translated. So I love that because I feel the same way. And I, I think that that's... Maybe that's just true artist. That's a true artist, mm-hmm. you know. Or maybe it's having the songwriting be the primary focus. Because I think you could say that about Tom Petty as well. Mm. I think you could say it about Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's about the music first. And the song first. Yeah. You know. Is that why you embrace this the slow path that you're not really worried about? It seems like you're not worried about fame and stardom. That it's like a a marinating of just taking your your music career on stage slower than yeah yeah I mean I think for some people the end goal is fame or popularity Mm -hmm. uh which is fine it's just not my it's not what I'm 
You seem very patient. Yeah, well, when you do it, you know, putting out records independently since I was 15 Mm -hmm. years old, like, you're kind of forced into being patient. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, but looking back as an adult, I'm very grateful for the slow and steady climb because, you know, when you don't know who you are and then all of a sudden you're on a big stage, Mm -hmm. I think that's how a lot of these people end up losing their identity. Um, So I'm grateful to, you know, that it has been just a slow climb every record is just a little notch up a little notch up a little, few more people know because i know who i am mm-hmm. more with every record yeah um so yeah i don't um it's not that i'm opposed to you know millions of people knowing who i am that that would be awesome but <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna dictate the type of art that i make of course makes sense and and please tell me your journey into being an artist and why country music or well you know what's funny is uh it's funny that we're playing this gig in a church Mm. because i have a very uh complicated relationship with the church okay um i was essentially kicked out of my church community and kicked out of the fundamentalist christian sort of group Mm -hmm. because of my sexuality um and when i was super young i knew i was gay and i remember thinking you know, how fucked I was going to be because of that. Because I, you know, heard my parents and their friends all talking about, you know... And you're from the South. Yeah, I'm from Northwest Mississippi, right outside of Memphis, Tennessee. My parents still live in Hernando, where I'm from. And, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah. So I grew up in fundamentalism, and, and that was... I mean, I was always afraid of being judged and in the end I was Mm -hmm. you know um Mm -hmm. and I started writing songs really I think because I had nobody else to talk to I had no one to I felt so alone in what I was feeling and and what was happening for me you know and I I went to music you Mm -hmm. know as I mean that was my my safe place that was my my best friend you know I would go to songs when I would feel sad and when I wanted to shut out the world I can remember so many times just having headphones with my jam box with the two double cassette decks <laughs> with cassettes like we'd be on the way to a football game at my high school and my parents would be in the front seat and I'd have my headphones on air drumming in the back seat like yeah. I could shut out the world in that way and I feel like you know I feel like that has always been my safe place and you know I feel like still the songs that I write are very personal and they are you know just sort of memoirs of the things I could never say yeah. To anyone else. Mm. And why country? Well, I think, you know, to be honest, I think that's kind of just always been my bent. I mean, I grew up in the church. I grew up in gospel music. I learned mm-hmm. how to sing and play in church. And, mm-hmm. you know, as much as church rubs me the wrong way, there is also a very a beautiful... Well, yeah, there's the spiritual side of it is mm-hmm. part of me. I've always desired to have a relationship with God. I just can't deal with the jargon in between you know so much of what's being said in fundamentalism has nothing to do with Christ it has nothing to do with the gospel of Christ not Mm. one single thing Mm. you know it has everything to do with people's egos and their agendas and their judgments and Mm. their own you know projections and things that they don't want to look at you know to me that's more transparent than it's ever been yeah but I still long for a relationship with a higher power because I just don't like the idea of being, you know, walking through this world alone. Yeah. I just don't like that idea. Of course. I want to believe there's something greater, you know. And it's probably the story aspect of country music that's I think, so appealing, of why a Middle Easterner would relate to it. Yeah, you know, to for some sure. Of the lyrics. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Can you talk about your creative process of what you go through to make a song or an album? That is top secret. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the process for me it starts with an instrument. Usually, it's not. I don't normally have like a. I want. I feel like I want to write a song about this topic. It's more. You just kind of get up into the studio and you play the guitar or you play the piano mm -hmm. and I think you would probably agree with this but like instruments have a way of telling you if there's a song in them because sometimes I'll pick the guitar and I'll just be like ah, I'm not feeling it move to the piano mm -hmm. maybe that's where it happens but normally it starts with an instrument which then comes up with a melody which then tells me like oh this is, this song makes me feel like this so I'm gonna write some lyrics, write some lyrics mm -hmm. to it um, that's generally how it goes for me. There's sometimes that I do have like a title or, or an idea that I, I want to get across. But usually it's just a melody that, or an instrument that spurs on a melody that spurs on a lyric. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm trying to be more open to that. <laughs> like, usually I feel like I have to have an idea or some kind of hook in to start with, like lyrically. I kind of like to know where I'm going to go. It's harder for me to just traverse out there with nothing, you mm -hmm. know, and just see what happens. I'm working on that. Actually, the collaborations I've done over the last, like, you know, several years um, have really helped me in, grow in my own process to mm -hmm. step out of my comfort zone in that way and not just wait on the thing to fall into my lap to then go write it, but mm -hmm. to go out there and see what could it be, yeah. you know? So I'm learning how to do that, I feel like. Well, whatever you're doing is working good. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it tonight. Oh, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to play for sure. So two lasting questions for both of y'all. What do you think about Europeans, the Brits, the Germans, the Dutch? There's an Italian country music radio station. And then what I mentioned earlier with the Arabs, yeah. le le those who can understand English well. What do, what do you think about foreigners really taken to country music and to your music? Well, I mean, I'll jump in and say I feel like people are craving... I feel like people are craving substance. I yeah. feel like they're craving connection. I feel mm -hmm. like they're craving, you know, commonality. Mm -hmm. I think they're hearing things in this music that's touching them in a way. And I, you know, personally think that a lot of people have anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, and connecting yes. with other people's stories helps, you know, helps quell the anxiety. And mm -hmm. I think that's, to me, it's a spiritual problem. And I think it's a growing problem. Mm -hmm. And I think people are longing for a connection that's missing. That's what I think. I feel like you've been coached. This is just great stuff. <laughs> this is just eloquent, poetic, it's intense. Oh, and I'm just like, yeah, I start on the piano. That's what happens. And then, uh, then I write a lyric. <laughs> she feels deeply. She's been through a lot. So she does feel she deeply. She can yeah. relate to other people. and Yeah. I mean, he feels deeply, too. I'm just yeah. drunk. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that, the, I mean, music at its best, um, you know, you might not even understand the lyrics and you might feel something. I think music is, it's just such a human, there's such a human response to like honest music. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, wh whoever you are or wherever you are, um, if it comes from a place of honesty, then humans are going to, if they're in an environment where they can actually take it in, they're going to react to it and and connect to it yeah I mean I think it's as simple as that for me just 
that's what I like about music. Even I would rather hear a horrible singer mm. emote something very honestly that they wrote than hear like a world class singer sing a song that I could give two shits about. Yeah. I, I just I think it's it comes down to honesty. To honesty and yeah. yeah, and feeling less alone and, and you know, especially this time in our world, I just mm. think music it does a good job of that. There's not a lot of things that do that as well as music. You yeah. hear someone else singing about mm-hmm. something, even if it's someone who's not from your culture across the world, you're like, oh, so, uh, thank God someone else feels that way. Yeah. It makes you feel less alone. That's true. And it's something that a speech can't give you or reading a book often. Can, it's music has a great way to like, yeah, just connect to the soul. And well, everything. it crosses boundaries. Yeah. Because it's not somebody coming up and, you know, wearing a MAGA hat. You know, but if they come to you and they sing a pretty melody, yeah. at least you're going to give them a chance. That's true. That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, last question. Uh, what can fans expect to see from you in 2020 with your music career? Nakedness. Oh. Nakedness. A lot of nudity. You got plans? Okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to see me naked. <laughs> you go first. That way I can take notes from your eloquent speech. Oh, Lord. Well, personally, I hope that my sister and my brother gets a couple really great uh, tours. I hope we get to go open for some big, famous people and go have our experience with that way, in that way um, and play together and do a proper tour together. But uh, This but, tour hasn't been proper enough for you? It's not. It's, you know, it, this is, it's okay, but it's, you know, it's really, you know. All right, this interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I just I just want to um, yeah I just want to keep growing. That's what I hope to do in 2020, is just to keep growing. Yeah. I think you stop growing at like 22 or 23. No, I can. I'm still growing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still growing. I'm gonna lose this fupa right here. I'm gonna lose it. Not if we keep drinking beer. We're both gonna be. <laughs> That's true. Um, 2020. I too hope my sister, and my brother. Um, you know, we write some new songs, we get this record out into the world. I really believe in these songs, and I hope that, um, you know, that people get a chance, a lot of people get a chance to hear them, whatever that means. And then uh, I'm in the middle of starting a new record, writing and recording, and uh, more touring. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then time with my family, and yeah. being a normal human being yeah. is important too, so. Which would inspire your music. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank y'all so much. Thank oh, you. Can I give you a copy of my? I have a new yes. record coming out this year. Please um, do. And I printed up some copies for. The- I hope you enjoyed this podcast conversation and that it fed you in some way to pursue your own dreams. Be sure to subscribe to Zayla Mag at zaylamag.com, s e e l e m a g dot com, where you'll be automatically entered to win our giveaways. And follow us on Instagram at Zayla Magazine. S-E-E-L-E magazine. Till next time.